our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. In this next hour, we study the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and the Word made flesh, who gives us grace upon grace upon grace. And we receive this grace today in the powerful words of second chapter, the second chapter of Colossians. It is a, a fascinating text that takes us, reveals even more about the fullness of who Christ is, the incarnation, the God head his divinity but also this this divineness that he has that he pours onto us having made us alive together with him baptized forgiven the debt is canceled by nailing it to the cross we unpack these words this next hour verse by verse the gifts are ready thank you for tuning us in this morning on worldwide kfuo christ for you anytime anywhere thy strong word is generously underwritten by our friends at lutheran heritage foundation Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word, we have with us Pastor John Lekomsky, who is co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO. Pastor Lekomsky, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Yeah, good to be back, Brady. Good to be talking to you again. And and you're right, this is just a fantastic chapter. So. Yeah, so what? So tell me this. I usually ask how you're doing. You bring up weather. We don't need to go there. It's raining. It's not a big deal. Tell tell us a little bit about wrestling with the basics and what you do there and uh, what's happening in that program. Well, I, we we've been doing that I think for over twenty years now, <laughs> Brady. It's been a long time. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I wore out one partner, Paul uh, Clayton. A lot of our older. Uh, listeners will remember Paul yep. used to do the morning show there. Uh, and yep. then uh, when I wore him out, then he, we replaced him with a younger guy. We figured we needed somebody with a little more stamina. And so Matt Clark and I have been doing it for ages, too. And and it is what it says. Wrestling with the basics, we just uh, will take a theme or a Bible passage, and we kind of uh, unpack that. And, and you ask what we're doing now. Well, Brady, we don't plan that far ahead. It's just whatever's on my <laughs> mind or, or Matt's mind and—, and uh, um, so uh, we just actually got finished doing a, a lengthy discussion on something called Adiaphora. And mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, so we're going to be doing some stuff about Easter and Holy Week, of course. How can you not do that when when it's this time of the year? So. Yeah, and what a joy that is as, as you look at it. I, I just wrote an email this morning saying that of all Sundays, Palm Sunday is my favorite. And, and that kind of throws people back a little bit. Part of it is because it doesn't have all the pomp and circumstance of people and you have to have an Easter breakfast or you have to have, you know, presents right after or any of that kind of stuff. For us, we do confirmation on, on Palm Sunday at our congregation. So you have a little bit of that. But overall, it is all about the story. You have visual, you know, visual things like the palm branches. You got the people. You got the cloaks on the ground. You got Jesus on a donkey. You can't help but understand the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's one of my favorite. It's my favorite Sunday. Beginning of Holy Week, obviously, it's a great time, but I'd love Palm Sunday. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Jesus on a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyways, so back on that note, back on the farm, um, can we? Uh, yeah. Can you begin us in prayer, John? Sure. Oh Lord, you've given us just a wonderful, wonderful word of God here, and the intent, as always, uh, is that you would strengthen us in our faith, and we would rejoice in the love and the mercy you've shown us in Jesus Christ. So, uh, whatever else we may do today, uh, when we're done, may people walk away knowing that God loves them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Reminder to everyone that if you have any questions concerning our text today, drop us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org. John, as we've been uh, going through chapter one, there is a lot of richness of the theology that Paul is proclaiming. Clearly, he is fighting some unique things in the the church in Colossae. And uh, so wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the context or thematic ideas that's going to help us out this morning. All right, so so here's the thing. Obviously, Paul is really, really upset about something, <laughs> okay? That's true. That's uh, true. Uh, you know, the last two weeks ago, Brady, uh, I, I shared with you a lot of word studies in, in the text we were doing, and I thought, oh, well, let's do that, because that's fun to look at a word and see what does it mean and get all mm-hmm. the rich detail. But there's too many words here. He just piles it, exactly. one word upon another, <laughs> uh, both in the negative and, and, and in the positive. Uh, so you and I kind of chatted earlier, which we don't always get to do, uh, but we're going to leave the problem for a little bit. Uh, but I think when you see what's really bothering Paul, you'll be surprised. Uh, but it is a big, big problem, a big false teaching in the church. It actually was at the heart of the, the Reformation, and I think it's still a big problem in the church today. And actually, ironically, you actually alluded it to it and what you said about Easter just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that because let's, let's start off with the really positive stuff that Paul has to say here in uh, ch- second chapter of Colossians. Absolutely. Absolutely. And reminder to our listeners that to read chapter one is 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 a, such a fruitful thing. And so I encourage our listeners as you are, if you are listening to us on demand, uh, stop right now, take a pause, read chapter one when we get to chapter two. For those who are with us live, well, you're just going to have to go through with it, go through <laughs> it with us here. But uh, because there's so many, so much, as he said, you read, it's hard to do word studies in Colossians because there's so many great words. So um, yeah. as we come to chapter two, uh, we're going to begin re- reading verses one through five, one through five, as Paul lays the groundwork of, of who Jesus is and what gifts he gives to us. Verses one through five. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So, John, it's kind of like a, uh, it's almost like he's beginning the epistle over again. Uh, he yes, speaks yeah. about them, his struggle with them, and that's a struggle for them. It's a very pastoral Paul here. What is Paul all saying in these first five verses? Well, okay, so I, I'm going to do just a, a few brief word studies because the, the, the word struggle there strikes me right away uh, uh, from the standpoint that I, I think we need to understand as Christians that's what life is like. It is a struggle. Uh, there, there is a strain of Christianity that says, well, you know, that's just because your faith isn't good enough. If, you had, right. if your faith was strong enough, well, you would, everything would work just the way you wanted it, and you would have no struggle. But, but no, the, the clear testimony from Jesus Christ is take up your cross. Uh, and, and the word struggle, by the way, is a gone in the Greek from which we get the English word agony. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think that tells you something about 
the word struggle right there. But what's what's cool about the word struggle, though, though Brady, it, it, it's not it's not a war uh, metaphor. Uh, and, and Paul does use metaphors of battle, take on the arm of Christ. This is actually again one of Paul's athletic uh, uh, metaphors uh, or mm. simile. I'm not sure which. <laughs> but but the point <laughs> is, and a gone a gone was originally it was a stadium. Uh, where, where, where uh, you know, Olympic activities were conducted, and eventually it became simply to uh, mean the activities themselves. Uh, so that's what Paul is saying that this, this is, this is like running a marathon. Uh, have you? Mm. Are you a runner, Brady? You're not a runner, are you? You got better I've, sense than that, don't you? <laughs> right. No, I've ran five half marathons. Never a full though. Never oh, a full. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, but but so yeah. hey, I've not done a half marathon. <laughs> it's not easy to do a half. <laughs> it's marathon, not easy, is it? No. No. Yeah, mile eleven is pretty painful. Mile eleven through thirteen is pretty painful. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand ah, the so idea of struggle, and and you're pushing through, and you just have to do this. You have to do this. You got to get the words out and that's what paul's doing get the words out even if you're in mile 11 to get this thing out there for the people so so that's the opening theme here paul says let me tell mm-hmm. you it this is what it is for me this is the way it's going to be for you and like you say when you get to mile 11 you're wondering 11 miles is a half marathon <laughs> how much is a full <laughs> marathon <laughs> well 13 miles is a is a is a half marathon so by oh, this what i'm saying is by 11 you're ready to quit. You're I'm done. I'm finished. I'm going to stop here and it's going to be great. But you know, I got to finish this thing. So 13.1 miles is a half marathon. I, I, I ride a bike 10 miles and I'm ready to quit and I'm riding a bike. <laughs> okay. But, but well, thank you. Is. So now, now we understand that this is how it is. Okay. So if you came into Christianity thinking you're just going to walk through life, absolutely not. There will be times, mm-hmm. like you said, when you're wondering, have I, but, but that's what the, what follows this is what's comforting because Paul's going to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're not going to make it through a half marathon, a little less a marathon, but, but, the Lord, the Lord's going to hmm. see that you get through that. Uh, and then, of course, we have all these lists of the things that he wants to accomplish for the people. He wants to encourage their hearts. He wants to knit them together in love. Uh, he, he wants them to have the, the, the riches and, and the treasures. I love those words, too. So not just a, a, a penny-pinching thing here, but he wants you to have everything about God's mystery and the not not just knowing it, but also understanding it. Uh, um, so it's just this beautiful thing that Paul says, this is what I want to give you. And, and then from here on, he's going to explain how we receive all these wondrous things. No, and yet in the midst of, of it, Brady, in the midst of it, Brady, he, he's, he's pointing out there's a problem because he talks about the plausible arguments, right, which is going to be right. just one of many negative phrases he keeps. With. So there's something out there and it's going to seem logical and rational to you, but actually it's going to run entirely contrary to everything he's talked about, the encouraged hearts, the knit together in love, and the full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ. And that that's a great rundown because these this chapter, I, 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 I struggled with how to go through this chapter because the reality is to get through all of chapter two is very difficult um, to yeah. do in yeah. an hour. The, the second thing about it is uh, Dr. Dieter Ding, who wrote the commentary on Colossians, was with us on Friday. And then oh, Dr. Cool. Berg, 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 yeah, and then Pastor Bergland, Dr. Bergland was on with us uh, yesterday. And one of the things that really digs deep into this is that we're not 100% sure what the controversy is. The Colossian heresy is very hard to unpack because you have to base it upon the words that are given, and it doesn't say it explicitly. And so we see him 
very much so talking about knowledge, talking about mystery, talking about wisdom, talking about all of these things. So there's some kind of Gnosticism um, that's being promoted. Even Epiphras was kind of it was, it was kind of implied by Dr. Dieterding that he didn't fully know what's going on. So he goes over to his mentor, Paul, and says, I can't put my finger on this. What is going on in my church? You know, he's going to his DP or district president and saying, I don't understand what's happening here. And it's it can be very confusing to unpack this because narcissism is never easy to figure out. Um, well, and, and that's, but, but, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, thank you for highlighting the words mystery and hidden, because obviously whatever this is, someone has come to the people in Colossians and said, Oh, well, yeah, Jesus. Oh yeah. He's important. We're not denying that. But of course, you know, there's something more, there's something mm-hmm. more than Christ. Yeah. Oh, the mm-hmm. mysteries, the hidden stuff. And, and that's what Paul is saying here is that you've got to be kidding me. If you've got Christ, well, there isn't anything more. <laughs> that right. That right. is Absolutely. the mystery. That is what's hidden. Yeah. And a few just uh, uh, I uh, notes about where we are is that Paul's in jail. We think he might, he's probably in Rome, but we're not 100% sure on that. But Dr. Dietering said it probably was Rome. And, and he's probably never been at this church. Uh, you know, these yes. are people he does Haven't not know. He knows, yep. Right, hasn't seen us face to face. It's very clear here. Also, there's some, this is kind of fascinating to me, because you always hear the old circuit writers that he also highlights Laodicea. We get other notes later on in the book about, about making sure they get this information as well. So he's kind of like a, a Red Run commentary talked about he's like a circuit writer of those days that that Epiphras probably was there, Aeropolis, and and doing a lot of, of ministry in the midst of all of those people. So there's definitely a um, fruitful ministry happening here that, that Paul is, is, is deeply desiring. He's given them their vision statement, right? That they'd be together, that they'd be encouraged, that they would know the full mystery of Christ, not some kind of secret knowledge. We're talking, this is here. It's physical. It's real. You don't need to go searching for it. It is right here in Christ. So it's really, I mean, when you know that background, it's very helpful to see how this can happen in any church and really what we want for our own churches, that people know the fullness of Christ who has come and died for you. Exactly. <laughs> more words. I'm so used to having so many more words. What's going on here today, John? Well, I, I we got to move on. That That's what's making oh, me anxious because like you go. said, there's a lot of stuff in here. All right. All right. Here we go. So let's keep moving on. Verses six and seven, six and seven. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. All right, so run with it. You have more word studies for us? Well, well, okay, well, so, so here's the point. <clears throat> Paul, Paul's telling what he wants for them. Uh, um, and, and now he said, remember where you started out. Okay. Uh, by the way, yeah, word study received. Received is, is para lombano. And, you know, it's good enough to have lombano. <laughs> but if you got para lombano, uh, because it's the simple word for, for, for receiving a gift. Uh, that's the cool thing about the, the word lombano. Uh, you, you didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. It's like getting a Christmas gift or, or getting the Easter mm-hmm. chocolate rabbit. You know, no no one gets that because of a, a reward or a payment. It's just a gift, and and thank God for it. But but Paralambano is even neater because the implication is the gift involves a person. 
Uh, in fact, here's here's an example where Paralambano is used, uh, going back to the whole Christmas story in the Gospel of Matthew, and we are told that Joseph Paralambanoed Mary as his wife. Mm-hmm. You remember mm-hmm. that? How the Spirit mm-hmm. comes and says, you, you can take her, you can take her as his wife. And then he tells, he Paralambanos her. So so that's, that's the, the nuance there. Uh, God has something to give you. In fact, you silly Colossians, he gave it to you. <laughs> Right. See, that's right. what's really disturbing. They actually thought they didn't get everything, that there was something more they needed to have. At least that's what the false teachers were telling them. And, and Paul said, no, no, you got it. You paralambanoed Christ Jesus the Lord. So just walk in him. He, he, he's your root. You're going to grow up from him. He's what's established you in faith. And, and just keep that. Just stay there as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving for that. Because, of course, if I come and say you need more, well, then you're not going to be thankful, are you? Because you're going to say, well, I, I got to have the more before I can really be happy and satisfied and joyful. And, and so it's just kind of a beautiful summary of those opening verses of chapter two, where Paul is saying, look, you've got it. Now, don't give it up, but remain and grow in what you've been given, which is, again, as, as you emphasized, Christ Jesus the Lord. Mm. And, and that's where Christ Jesus the Lord is a very—that's a statement in itself to show that this Christ Jesus is not just some other guy that gives you a little bit, and then you have to search for more, but he's the Lord. Paul uses this quite a bit in his epistles, Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and this goes back to obviously Yahweh language in the Old Testament and and reminds us that this, this Christ Jesus is all that you need, um, that you can walk in him, stay faithful to this teaching that you have. And, and this is, you know, John, as you said that about how uh, stay here, you know, kind of rooted means, you know, if you're if you're a plant, you can't quite walk around, you know, um, <laughs> if you're kind of a, built a mixed up, metaphor, you know? walk and then be rooted. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I heard a comment. I read a commentary that talked about walking is not necessarily about living the Christian life, but it's about staying in the confession of faith. Is yes. how they described it, which I think was a great way of talking about that. Is is he's establishing the groundwork to say this is this is what the groundwork is. This is who you are. This is the foundational stuff for us to remember in our lives. And this is important because in the church we can be so easily swayed to try to go all these different places when what we need is right here in front of us: Christ, the cross, Holy Week, um, empty tomb. All of there is what we need right here in front of us. Last thoughts yeah, on yeah, that, so the, those two verses? So the word peripotato, that's the word for walk. It means to ah. walk around, and it indicates the place where you walk. So you're absolutely mm. right. The idea is you've got a place to be, stay there. And, and then that's emphasized, by, as you said, by the word rooted. <laughs> but, but built up, mm. too. See, see, that's the danger. It's not like we, we, we need to grow. Everybody needs to grow. That's why we do yeah, this radio yeah. show. You and I grow every time we do it. We learn something new we didn't know before. But, but at the mm. same time, we're not learning anything new, are we, Brady? It's just affirming what no. we already knew, the, 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 <laughs> the knowledge and the, the uh, wisdom uh, that is in Christ. Yeah. And and the language, too, here is in Christ. In Paul's letters, approximately 170 times Paul uses that language, in Christ. It's almost non-existent in the rest of the New Testament, but Paul uses it all the time because he's always fighting to make sure that people are seeing Christ as the center of everything. And it's good for us as a church to be able to say that. Why are we doing this? We do this because it's in Christ. We do it. We've Before COVID, we always did a servant event. 
And the tagline we would say, we do it inner cities throughout the nation. I know I've talked about it before. And, um, and we'd always say, we're going to serve in the name of Jesus or serve in Christ was our language that we would use. And that's always a good reminder for us because we can lose track of that. How quickly you're like, well, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this. And, and we forget that. Why am I doing this? Oh, because of Jesus. And that's a very strong point he makes here in Colossians. And, and, and I want to pick up what you said before, too, that this business about it's Christ the Lord, Christ Jesus the Lord. Mm. Uh, and, and as you alluded, of course, that's curious. That's calling us back to the, the, the name for God in the Old Testament, uh, Yahweh. Uh, but see, that that's the point. Paul said, see, it's not like we're replacing the God in the Old Testament. It's not like we're getting right. rid of him, and now we're giving you something new and something different, because that's what the false teachers are telling you. They got something new, something different. No, no, it's the same God. Yeah, you, you call him Yahweh, we call him Jesus, but it's still the Lord. Uh, it, it's not a, a, a change in the God, but it is maybe, as he said, a fuller, some of the hiddenness, some of the mystery of the God in the Old Testament is now being revealed to us. But again, it, it's it's nothing new. It's the same thing. Walk in it. Be rooted in it. Uh, yeah, exactly. All and things are created do, through him and for him. Now, that's the word that so they talk about Jesus. Yeah. You know, it goes yeah. back to the very beginning. Yeah. You were going to say? Well, I was going to say, and, and then what happens in the next verses is Paul now begins to detail for us why Christ is everything. He's the full assurance. There, there's there, Once you know about Jesus, you, there, there's no reason not to be totally confident in your relationship with God. And, and he's going to give us a long list of things that, that, that are, that, that's all centered in Jesus and what Jesus has accomplished for us. All right. So now I want us to get into probably what you and Pastor Clark went into is Adiaphora, is the yes, question yeah. of traditions and the question of all of that. So here, I'm going to do something a little bit different today for our listeners to remind you that that, that uh, try to keep try to keep track of what I'm trying to say is we're going to read verse 8. Then I want to skip to verses 16 through 23 because he speaks about do not be deceived. And then he kind of goes into that list a little bit at the end. Now, I, I, we'll see how this works out. I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but I'm excited <laughs> because I think it, it brings it together in a way where we're able to see it. And then at the end of all of that, right away in verse 9, he gets back to Christ. And so I, I wanted to go that route, and we have about five minutes, so I want to read it and get a few thoughts before our break. So here okay. we go. Here we go. Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Now, I'm going to skip here to verse 16 okay. as he kind of unpacks what that looks like. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish and they are used, as they are used, 
according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. All right, like we said, there's a lot there. How would you begin as we speak about empty or uh, don't be captive by philosophy or empty deceit or human traditions? What is Paul saying? All right, so so I I think what's what's interesting is Paul has piled positive upon positive upon positive, uh, the fullness of the assurance uh, that, that you know the uh, the unity there the the knitting together uh, uh, the the encouragement and now he does the same thing with the negative, so you've got philosophy mm. you've got empty deceit you've got human traditions you've got the elemental spirits of the world. Uh, that element or spirits there actually was was the Greek belief that there were these fundamental things like fire and water and and I don't remember what the other two were but yeah these these basic principles by which everything operates and every Greek mm. philosopher had a different way of of enumerating them but we all agree there's some basic kind of principles and that's what it's all about is knowing these things but but what Paul points out in all of these things they're all human. They're all based upon men, and they're not according to Christ. So right away, you know, there's your problem. Where do these things come from? It's as Jesus says, you've taken the traditions of men and taught them as if they were the commandments of God. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So right mm-hmm. in that verse, he illustrates, here's, here's what I'm concerned about. You're getting all these things, and they have an appearance. I can understand that. They sound good, but but no, they're not. No, they're not, because they're not of Christ Rather, there are things that have come from man. And then, then it, was, it was wise of you to go because he gives you a list of all these things. Uh, but what is troublesome for us as Christians, as we look at the list, you know, we can say, oh, yeah, uh, insisting on asceticism, worship of angels. Oh, man, we know that. Oh, details and visions. See, but then in the mm-hmm. middle of that, he also talks about questions of food and drink, festivals, Sabbaths which were all the Old Testament commandments. Uh, and, and I would suggest you, and, and you, you, got, you had two guys before me that are a lot smarter than me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I'm not going to argue with them. But I think, I think actually we do know what the problem is. And the problem was that people wanted to substitute the traditions of men for the clear <clears throat> teaching of Jesus Christ. And and some of it was actually biblical. And, and can't you hear the Jewish people say, well, of course, that, that's the Bible taught that we're supposed to celebrate the Sabbath. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, but Paul is saying, no, no, you've missed the point. Even even these things from Moses, no, no, they, they are not a substitute for Christ. Um, I can give you a quote here from the Lutheran Confessions. Uh, Since Paul denies that people merit the forgiveness of sins by the law of Moses, he refuses even more to praise human traditions as he clearly testifies in Colossians chapter 2. If the law of Moses, which was divinely revealed, did not merit the forgiveness of sins, how much less do those silly observances (laughs) observed as they are decent living in society merit the forgiveness of sins? So, um... Yeah, and if you read the Lutheran Confessions, that's that's one of their big concerns, is that the teaching of faith in Christ, that, that alone saves, has been replaced by all of these other churchly things. And it's not that they were mm. bad, but they weren't, they weren't really the source of justification, and yet that's how people were regarding them. 
As we look at this, it's good for us to ask the question at the other side of the break is, how does that play out today? But we need to take oh, our break, yeah. and we are studying Colossians chapter 2 with Pastor John Lekomsky. We'll be right back. The USA is the third largest mission field in the world, and church planning is one of the most effective means of making new disciples, new missions to new people in new places. Get ready to plow the fields. Check out the Mission Field USA podcast produced by the LCMS Office of National Mission. You can find it at kfuo.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together. It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We are studying Colossians chapter 2 with Pastor John Lekomsky. And as we look at these verses, it brings up some words that we might not understand. Like we hear, uh, it sounds kind of ridiculous to us. He says, uh, don't get caught up on do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. I mean, we might get that way when we are looking at health and we're trying to figure out you know, okay, what's the healthiest way to eat this? Okay, I shouldn't eat the red meat. Okay, maybe red meat's not so bad. You shouldn't eat the chicken. You got to do this. You got to do that. Um, it's obviously different, but he brings up some other other words. Some of it sounds ridiculous, but he brings up words like asceticism and worship of angels and 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 details about visions and all these things. And we kind of look at that and go, ah, that was from the past. You know, now we don't have anything like that in the church today. How would you apply? How would you um, how would you speak to that, John? Okay, are you sitting down? <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. and, and, and let, let me say first of all, uh, you know, as your your previous two guests had pointed out, we're not really sure what what the kind of teaching was that was going on here. Uh, and, and that's certainly the case. I don't know what the asceticism is. I have no idea what the worship of angels are. Um, but 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 what Paul has pointed out is is Whatever it is, it's something more than than what we have in, in, in Christ, um, mm. and, and therefore, no, no, this cannot bring us any kind of righteousness or forgiveness. In fact, in fact, our Lutheran confessions say these things are not a worship of God. All right, that's a very strong phrase. They are not a worship of God. But now, mm. let me let me apply it to today, and and this is why Easter 
Easter. And, and see, you, you alluded to it. I don't know if you realize you did or not, but you said you preferred Palm Sunday to Easter, right? Mm-hmm. Because Easter's got all these other things attached to it, right? There's right, all right. this rigmarole, and you got to have the Easter breakfast, and all the choir has to sing, and there's all of this uh, pomp and circumstances that we have to do. And and what you didn't realize, or you probably did realize, that's that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, reminding you, you know why Easter is important? Because we hear the story that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, even though he was dead for our sins. And because we go, and Jesus, who is risen from the grave, who is alive and well, he gives us his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. That's what makes Easter important. But Easter itself is not important. That's just a tradition. In fact, I wonder if people realize that hundreds and hundreds of years the church did not celebrate Easter. Uh, the church celebrated Pentecost pretty early, but Easter was kind of a, a, a add-on uh, hundreds of years later. Uh, and, and I'm not saying Easter is bad. How could you complain about a holiday where you get a chocolate Easter bunny, right? <laughs> you can't criticize that. But but you right. get my point? If that's all I we're doing is celebrating the tradition— then that is incredibly sad, and and I, I hate to say it, but I think that's all it is for a lot of people. It's just a mm-hmm. tradition. That's why you get the big influx of people on Easter because it's it's a tradition. Oh, we got to go to church on Easter, but but no, Paul says Easter's nothing. Christ. Oh, yeah, the one who's risen, as, as we'll see before we're done here. He is everything. In fact, if you got him, you really don't need anything else. Why, why would you even want anything else? Um, and if I could put one, one final dig in for all of those people out there that are saying, well, I know what you're saying, Pastor. Those Easter Christian, Easter Christians, yeah, I go to church every week. But let me tell mm-hmm. you, if you're going to church every week because that's your tradition, you're no better off than they are. Okay, let me tell you yeah. right now. Nobody, nobody should go to church because it's their tradition. We go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. No, no, you go to church. I go, you, I go to church, Brady, because I've been a stinker. I, I've had, I've had sinful thoughts, words, deeds. I've doubted the Lord. Things have happened today, tomorrow that that make me wonder: Does God still love me? And that's why I go because I want to hear again. I want that pastor to tell me that no, the Lord still loves me and the Lord still forgives me. And we're going to have this spelled out in such beautiful detail in, in the verses that you skipped, but we're going to come back to them. Does that even <laughs> make sense, Brady? It makes perfect sense. And that's where it's a delicate balance um, in the church where we are not saying no Easter breakfast. Like you can't have Easter no. breakfast anymore. And and I'm also not saying I don't enjoy Easter, just to make sure no one quotes me as saying I don't like Christmas or Easter or something along those lines. But the, the stress level definitely goes up. Um, the fear definitely goes up. And uh, and and uh, not not fear, but just you're trying to get through everything and make sure everything's yeah. in order. I remember as a kid is uh, that what I remember about Easter w- was two things. One, that there were Easter lilies everywhere. For those who have allergies, it must have been a disaster for people. They were everywhere. People were parading those things up and the choir was singing and oh, they're everywhere. And the second thing was, is that you would have the early morning service, six o'clock, which had his own problems because Lord have mercy. I don't want to do a six o'clock <laughs> service, but, but so I wouldn't have it anymore. But I grew up with that. And then you'd be sitting there and the youth group had gathered at 5 a.m. and made caramel rolls. And you were sitting there and it's about 6.45, 
My dad's a pastor, so he's preaching forever on Easter morning, and you can <laughs> smell the comorals in the background. I mean, oh my goodness. Jesus had risen, but my mind was on the comorals. I don't know. I don't know how that works for you. but So those kind of things are very true, and we have to be very careful to how, how can we make sure to keep the main thing the main thing. Do not handle. Do not touch. Do not do this. Do not skip the breakfast. Do not skip the comorals. Make sure there's Easter lilies everywhere, but what's the point the point is hallelujah that christ has risen and that's what paul's fighting and that's what we need to continue to remind ourselves and others of why we are there which is obviously christ and and brady for for your for your own peace because see i'm retired now but i remember exactly what you're saying it's an extremely yeah. stressful week because we put this pressure on ourselves that every, oh it's easter everything's got to be just right so, right. so Brady, for you and for uh, all the other pastors and all the other church leaders that have responsibilities for this upcoming Holy Week, cut yourself a break. It's just mm. a tradition. As long as we gather and we hear that Jesus is risen, that our sins are forgiven, and receive the body and blood of the Lord, if things don't work out exactly right, probably doesn't make that big a difference. <laughs> okay. Mm, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And to dig a little bit into what he's saying is do not um do not go by empty deceit. Clearly he's not fighting an Easter breakfast. He is fighting a, no. a Gnostic understanding of life where people are saying you need Jesus plus more that you need yeah. Jesus and keep those Old Testament traditions. And he and he says it so well. He says they're a shadow of the things yet to come, showing that all these things are not bad in themselves, but they're not to the fullness if you if you don't have Christ. If you're following all the the hand washing rituals, if you're following those Old Testament rituals that were there and you don't have the fullness of Christ, which we'll hear more, that you it's empty. I mean, it, there's nothing there. I mean, it is simply a tradition. That we, that we need to realize that everything comes down to the fullness that there is in Christ, which he gets to in the verses we'll dig into now. But any, any last thoughts on the empty deceit and the, the traditions and, and well, how well, he's speaking so, about that? So here's the thing. The Lord taught us that dramatically last Easter, didn't he? Because mm -hmm. there are people who literally believe you cannot have Easter without Easter breakfast. And, and, yeah. and, and I, hey, I got nothing against that. I'm with you. I want the caramel rolls. Where's your church at? I'm coming up there. I'll be there for Easter. So, so like you said, no, none of that's bad. None of that's bad. But I think God taught us last Easter that you don't have to have that. And if you right. don't have that, it doesn't really make any difference at all because you still have the risen Savior. And that's what's crucial, and that's important. And then once you understand that that's all you need, then you can go back and just enjoy the caramel rolls, <laughs> okay? Yeah. yeah and you yeah. can have the breakfast and have a good time and enjoy the fellowship, and, and everyone can celebrate together. And then there's no pressure anymore because we're not worried about it. It's not—no, no, it's just uh, one of the wonderful gifts that God gives us on Easter, along with, of course, his resurrected uh, uh, Savior, our resurrected Savior. And as long as we've got the resurrected Savior, whatever else we have, that's just, you know, that's just extra— but but um, absolutely yeah yeah so. so let's get to so paul makes an argument and he does it not by just railing on the people the whole time but he gives a very clear confession of who jesus is so let's go back everybody now we're going back to verse 9 um verses 9 and 10 where he speaks about the deity of christ 
Verse 9. No, no, wait, wait, for before you read, him, though. Oh, come on now. What do you got? Well, no, okay, well, yeah, just real quick, because, see, you just, I, I don't, you, you can't see the light bulb go off. <laughs> That's the <laughs> okay, problem right. when we're on the phone. If, if we were together, oh, look, there's a light bulb on his head. Uh, um, because, <laughs> okay. see, you're right. How would we do it? We would start off by talking about all this evil, wicked teaching, and how can you follow these traditions, and, you know, and, and yeah. that's not how Paul does it. Paul says, let me tell you what you have in Christ, okay? I'm going to tell you what you have in Christ. And once you know that, you're probably going to look at asceticism and the worship of angels and, and avoiding certain foods and, and maybe taking other foods like karma rolls, and you realize, well, yeah, there's that. No, that's nothing. <laughs> okay? Right, right. So, so yeah, I think everything it's cool. Everything we need. Yeah, yeah once you see need. what you got in Jesus— well, yeah, I'll take the caramel rolls. Give me a chocolate bunny. But no, you know, if if I don't get a chocolate bunny, I'll be none none the worse for wear. So, okay, I'm sorry. I'll let you let's, talk. Let's get to me. it. Let's yeah, hear these yeah. words we're speaking of. Yes, verse 9. <laughs> for in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled with him who is the head of all rule and authority. I love these words. It points to Colossians one nineteen. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and and so what is? Why is this so important? The deity, um, uh, the fullness of deity dwells bodily. What is he speaking about? All right. So what he's telling us is that you, if you've got Jesus, you've got all of it. You've got all of God. You, you can't say, well, Jesus gives you part of it, and, and now you have to add your own stuff. Uh, and, and that might be the tradition. Yes, yes, Jesus is your Savior, but you have to go to church every Sunday. And if you don't go to church every Sunday, no, no, Jesus is my Savior. That's why I go to church every Sunday, because I like to visit with my Savior, and I know he's going to love and care for me. Uh, no, Jesus is the fullness of the deity, but, you know, you, you, there's certain things you need to do about what you eat and drink. And if you're doing, doing those, then, then you don't have the fullness of God anymore. So, so that's what he's telling us. You, you can't get any more God than you can get in Jesus. And then don't you love the part? And, and uh, where is that? And you have been filled in him. Right. <laughs> okay? Right. So he's everything, and you have him. So what else could you have? Right? Yeah. And I love, I love that language of well, two, two words here, the fullness of deity. So there's not like, you know, if you say you're full, you're not going to eat yeah. anymore. And if you see something that's full, um, you can't add anything to it. That the full, like, There's no question that Jesus was a human being. But then at the same time, there's no question that he was fully God. I mean, this is very God of very God, being a was substance with the Father, Nicene, creedal. Um, confession that we make is that there's there's a fullness here. So Paul is definitely fighting uh, this Gnostic heresy, the Colossian heresy, with full bore, a hundred percent, right at you, high octane, boom, fullness of who Jesus actually is. Not only did he create the world, he's part of that, but also just to remind you, he is full of God. He is full God. There's no like little piece of him that isn't. He is fully God. At the same time, it says, and you are filled in him, that that it isn't like uh, that he f- gives you a little bit of Jesus or uh, 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 three quarters of Jesus in you, but he gives you the fullness. He gives you, he fills you with this, almost uh, my cup overflow with kind of language when it comes to all the grace and forgiveness and love that he gives to us. Any thoughts on those words? I love those words and it brings us to the fullness of our Lord. Well, and so what Paul is doing here is simply 
phrasing it in a different way, the, the, those classic words, Christ alone, faith alone, grace alone. Mm. When you say those things are alone, are you not saying that's because you have the fullness in those things, see? That's why they can be alone, because there's nothing that needs to be added to them. And you're right. Beautiful, beautiful words. He's got the fullness of the deity. So if you want to know what God is like, well, he said that, didn't he? No one comes to the Father apart from me. There, there is no knowledge of God apart from Jesus Christ. And the same way, then, we have him in the fullness. So there's nothing more we need either if we have Christ, who is the fullness of deity. So yeah, you're right. Those are the big words there. And now he's okay, going to explain other... why that is. He's going to give us a detailed list of why he is the fullness, and there's nothing lacking if you have faith and grace in Christ. Any more light bulbs, or can we move on? No, the light bulb, I think the light burned out. <laughs> <laughs> the light burned out. Here we go. 11 and 12. 11 and 12. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful workings of God who raised him from the dead. I'm going to stop there. Uh, so I want, want to start with this. He talks about you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Clearly, we're, we're thinking of Galatians. We're thinking of Ephesians. We're yes. thinking of, oh, they're trying to force circumcision. But here, it doesn't appear that that's a major, that's an issue in, in Colossae. But yet, he speaks about circumcision differently. What is he speaking about with circumcision? Okay, well, well so here's the thing. See, he already knows where he's going to end up. And, and we already talked about that, about all these mm -hmm. traditions that have encroached upon Christ. All these traditions, some of them Gnostic, some of them Hebrew, but all suggesting that Jesus is not enough. You need to have a little bit more than Jesus. Uh, and so I think that's why he is mentioned circumcision, because that has been an issue in other churches. And it is the one that seems the most logical, because I do believe there's something that said this was supposed to be like an everlasting, eternal thing. So what mm -hmm. are you throwing this out now? Uh, so he, but but see, here's the thing we have to understand when 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 we're talking about traditions, baptism, which of course is what he's emphasizing here, is not a tradition. Okay, mm -hmm. baptism is something that has the clear promise and word of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, he who is baptized shall be saved. Jesus says, baptism washes away your sins. Jesus says what, what Paul says in Romans and now repeats here, that when you mm -hmm. are baptized, you're actually united with the fullness of the deity, which is Jesus Christ, and you will also therefore be raised with him, who is the fullness of the deity in faith. Okay, the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Now we're doing Easter stuff, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so we, we don't go to Easter because we're going to get Easter caramel rolls or a chocolate bunny. We go because right. that's the fullness of the deity who dwells in us, and he rose from the dead. And that's what's right. going to happen. And how do we know that? Because we had a traditional baptism? No, we don't care about a tradition of baptism, but we do cherish a baptism which Jesus promises accomplishes all of these things for us. Does that make any sense? It, it makes a lot of sense. And, and one of the things when it comes to circumcision, you can imagine a conversation with Paul to say, okay, 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 what about circumcision? He'll say, listen, do you believe in Christ? Yes. Do you believe he rose from the dead? Yes. You've been circumcised. 
and you know that it's already been done. Don't yeah. don't this has happened to you. And then he gets into you can tell there there had to been conversations. Say, oh okay, all right, I got him. But have you been baptized? No. Oh, what, let me tell you about baptism. Here it comes. And 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 one of the things this goes back to their Easter talk that we're having today is a couple weeks ago I had a young lady uh, call me. And she's been a lifelong member. She's moved away, and and they're looking at moving back to the area. And she says, "I want my child baptized." And I was going to have him baptized, but then COVID hit and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And and she said, and I said, "Okay, so let's talk about it. When do you want to do it?" First of all, and she goes, "Well, I talked to my mom, and I'd asked her, will he be mad if I say we have a baptism on Easter?'" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, what? Why would I be mad about that? You know, why would I be mad? This is the perfect day to have it. Dying and rising in Christ. Christ has died, but he's risen from the dead. Your child will be risen in Christ. I mean, I went through the whole thing. I went through all the catechism with her. And after that, she's like, oh, so it's okay then. <laughs> yeah, so maybe. It's just, so, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, we'll see. No, but it's going to be great because we're going to have a baptism. Yeah. We had a baptism on Easter a couple years ago as well. And it's such a great way of saying what Jesus went through is what you went through. And what Jesus went and died and rose, this child, Simeon and Leah, they're going to be this. Uh, For this one's going to be Freya. Freya is going to die and rise right before your very eyes. And that's what's so great about how he takes his connection. Usually we think of this as Romans 6, right? We we see this yeah, at funerals yeah. in our liturgy. We think of Romans 6, but I remember the first time I read this in Colossians, I'm like, wow, this is great. It's in Colossians 2. I didn't even know that you die. This, this circumcision, it happened, and it happened in baptism. You died, you rose. This is a powerful working of God. It doesn't say it's a powerful working of me because I went to the front or because I decided I wanted this. No, it's a powerful working of God that shows us um, the forgiveness of sins. And he, uh, he died and rose and I die and I rise. This is, this is what, this is, see, this is what I'm excited about Easter. You know, Easter is going to be great. You're going to have a baptism. What do you think of that, John? Well, then see, here's the thing. So, so if you want to talk tradition, that was the tradition that on the eve of Easter, right? And the Easter vigil, ah, you would right, have right. all these baptisms. And, and in our congregation, we would have a renewal of baptismal vows. But, but can you see how horrible it would be if you would say, oh, I'm sorry, I cannot baptize your child until next Easter, because that's the tradition. Oh, my goodness, you've missed the point, haven't you? How could you possibly say, I'm going to deprive that child of this unity with Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the the, the connection with his his death and resurrection because of a tradition? No, no, that, that would be a total misunderstanding. Have you had a baptism on Easter before? Yes, yes, we have. And like you said, it's the most exciting thing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. And it, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I had a great conversation with the parents, uh, the husband and wife, and just really looking forward to that day. And, and this is why when I say Palm Sunday is my favorite, it does not mean I'm not excited about Easter. So uh, last things about baptism here, uh, nope, Pastor, let's, before let's we move on. on. Okay, oh, yeah, we got the last two verses. Good stuff coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Last two verses. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. 
Well, we have about eight minutes, uh, not eight minutes, excuse me, six minutes to unpack okay. this. And I want us to start <laughs> with the dead part. Verse 13. Oh, yeah. I, want, I want you to be laser focused on 13. Uh, dead and made alive. What is he saying? Okay. Well, well I, I, I know you want me to focus on that, but you have to pick up on the un... <laughs> well, no, you got to. You got to pick up on this uncircumcision of the flesh. Because yes, this is the yes. same thing he picks up again in the last verse of the text. Remember when he says, True. Uh, these are no value, he says, in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. The problem with traditions is they're entirely on the outside of us. And that's not where the problem is. The problem is in the heart. Uh, I'm, I'm mm. going to give you a quote here from the Confessions. Paul's meaning is this, talking about the verses we just read. The righteousness of the heart is a spiritual thing that enlivens the heart. It is evident that human traditions do not enliven the heart and are neither results of the Holy Spirit's working, as is the love of neighbor, chastity, etc., nor instruments through which God moves mm. hearts to believe, as are the given word and divinely instituted sacraments. Instead, wow. they are usages in that sphere of matters which do not pertain to all of the heart, but which perish with use. Quoting again Paul. Uh, and that's the point Paul's making. These traditions that we're going to talk about, they don't change you. It's okay. Have a caramel roll. I'd love to have a caramel roll, but it's not going to change your heart. But this right. baptism that I just talked about, no, that's—and it's like you said. It's done nothing less than take you who were dead and made you alive which is all Easter stuff. I, I didn't plan this on being an Easter text, did you? But it is, isn't it? No, no. You were dead, just like Jesus was dead. You're going to, and you will be dead. You'll be laid in a tomb, but no, it's all different now because of Christ. You're, you're already raised from the dead. You don't have to wait until the last day. You'll right. physically, bodily be risen at the last day, but you're already a new creature right now, again, and, and what's next is he's going to tell you where that life uh, t from death comes from. It comes from the forgiveness of sin. See, that's that's how that happens because your sins are forgiven. But does that does that enough emphasis on the fact that you were dead and now you're going to be alive? It is, it is. You know, Ephesians 2, 1, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And so it, the, the beauty of this, as we've gone through the epistles, you see a consistent theme for Paul. Is he, is he speaks about dead and alive, dead, resurrected, and all of it is always coming back to God's action. So here, dead in your trespasses, God has made you alive. How has he made you alive? For the for, From the forgiveness of sins. This is from chapter 1, 2, delivered us from the domain of darkness and, and put us into light and redemption, which is the forgiveness of sins. And this is important for us to remember, too, that when you receive forgiveness, you are alive. You're a new yes. person. You know, it's not, I had, I had a moment of, of great energy. No, forgiveness of sins made you alive. And that might give you great energy. It might make you excited, but it might not. But either way, you are alive because it is Christ who has filled you. I, think, I love that language too. Fullness of the deity has filled you. So thoughts, forgiveness, new life. How would you, how would you, anything else to say on that? Well, and, and we have to emphasize that because, because it is about forgiveness. He goes on and says, so the record of debt has been nailed to the cross. And, yeah. and people have to understand there's no resurrection without Jesus' death on the cross. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Forgiveness Mm -hmm. is a costly, expensive thing. The word the Bible likes to use that Jesus uses, right? The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, as a ransom. See, it's not like God just says, oh, I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. That's not forgiveness. No, (laughs) forgiveness is a, a very, very costly, expensive thing. But that's the point, people. Jesus Christ has nailed it to the cross. Why do you think you have to worry about what you're eating or or what day you're going to church or why do you think there all these traditions are so important no they are not they're okay you can do them they they provide order and we want order paul talks about that in this text too but no 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 they're just the shadow see that's the thing about circumcision why did we have circumcision you might ask well it was to remind us that there was an even better fullness that was coming circumcision was never a fullness it always begged for there to be more uh, mm. but now you have that more in in baptism and in Christ and in his cross and in his forgiveness of sins yeah right, real quick had, I gotta just I, I you gotta have one just, minute here boss you have one right. minute well no I just because it tickles me verse 15 it says he disarmed the rulers and authorities actually yep. in the Greek it says he stripped them naked <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. that's why he says he put them to open shame. <laughs> so, so please understand that all your enemies, they, they've been stripped naked. People, they're out there. They're ashamed. So don't let them come and tell you that you need something more now. You know, no, no. Your Absolutely. sin has been covered up by Christ. We don't need anything else to cover up our sin. It's all been done by Jesus and His cross. As it tells us in the Catechism, he rescues from death and the devil, that those yeah. have been defeated, they are done, all of it is is finished and has been nailed to the cross. I love that language. All of this has been nailed to the cross, meaning you can't take it back down. It's been put on his shoulders, yeah. not your own. Uh, John, John in last comment. I'll say that, last comment. Well, just what you said. I, I love that. That's right. He It's nailed to the cross. It, it ain't coming down because he's done taking care of it. That's a great way of looking at that phrase. Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, a co-host of Wrestling with the Basics on KFUO, pointing us to Christ in Colossians chapter 2. Pastor Lekomsky, thank you for being our guest. Thank you, Brady. Saints of our Lord, Paul is so direct with these words. He leaves us, leaves us with no question for our conscience. You have been circumcised in Christ in baptism, dead and resurrected, forgiven as he's canceled all the record of debt and nailed it to the cross. It's up there not for you to take down. It's on his shoulders, not your own. You are made alive. The tomb is empty. You are his. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finneran of Messiah Lutheran Church. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands. Thank you.